Hello, and welcome to another episode of Outdoor Executive Dad. I am your host, Chris Lee. Thanks for joining me today. This is the podcast where we talk with parks and conservation professionals to try to glean the tactics and tips and insights to be better at our jobs, better in our communities, better as parents, and just overall better leaders because that's what the world needs from us because we have one world to leave to the next generation. It's up to us to make it a good one, right? So that's what we're going to be discussing today with my ho- my guest, Brian Moore, who retired recently from Chickasaw County as the director of the conservation department in Chickasaw County after over 32 years there and more than 39 years in the system of county conservation. And this conversation was fun. I always enjoyed talking to long-serving directors like this and gleaning their insight. Uh, I think what I enjoyed most about this was the discussion we had about uh, working with your staff and building those relationships with the people that work around you, whether you're the direct supervisor or not. I think for those of us in any sort of leadership role, people first. The people we have in our departments, in our industries, that's everything. Without the people, then what do we have? What can we accomplish? And so everything comes down to the people around you and how you're taking care of them, how you're working with them, and how you're empowering them to do their jobs the best that they possibly can to move your department, your mission, and our industry as a whole forward. And so please enjoy this episode with Brian Moore, retired director at Chickasaw County. Uh, how long have you worked in this field and, uh, in, and in what roles have you had in your career? Okay. Um, I actually started in Kasuth County in April of 1983. Um, I started as a uh, part-time seasonal worker. So basically I worked April through October for um, the first year. Um, luckily, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time because at that time, the Conservation Board also managed the snowmobile trail grooming program. So I started doing that that first November, November of 83, and um, at that point, I got hired on the next spring full-time. So um, I've actually been in this field now for Oh, getting close to 39 years, I guess. So um, I stayed in Kasuth County for two months short of six years, moved over here in 1989, and I've been in Chickasaw County for, oh, basically 32, almost, yeah, almost 33 years now, so 32 and a half. (laughs) So been in the field a total of 38 and a half years. Nice. Yeah. What made you want to go into this line of work? Um, I actually got interested in this line of work very early, um, probably in my, I'm going to guess I was around 10 or 12 years old. I met our local game warden over, um, around Titanka, or if you don't know where Titanka is over by Algona. Um, and I got to know him a little bit and he taught a couple of our hunter safety classes and I don't know. 
something he said and the way he talked just got me very interested in conservation. And so I went that direction when I was very young, and I never never stepped away from it. I never wanted to do anything else. So um, I tried construction for a couple summers, um, plumbing for one summer, but I knew conservation was where I wanted to be. (laughs) Wow. So got lucky. Yeah, yeah. I I think that just goes to show you never really know the impact that you're making, you know, when you're out there. Yeah, hope so. With the public. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Uh, Looking back over... Uh, a long, lengthy career. What what stories immediately come to mind? Or what are you going to most remember after you leave here? Well, I think um, as I said, I started in actual county conservation in 1983. Um, I remember things then as being a lot more laid back, and um, everything seemed easier. Everyone's um, seemed more, I don't know, seemed like people got along easier um, that weren't actually in your field. So um, some of the things I remember, and I guess this kind of shaped my direction as being the way I took as a director, but I always thought it was important to have relations with your staff outside of the work hours. So one of the things I can remember when I first became a director, I, I was, uh, I had two guys working under me and we were pretty good friends. So once a week or so during the summertime, we would go, um, take a boat out, do a little fishing. Actually we were out catfishing on the Des Moines river. And, uh, in those times people weren't too worried about alcohol. So we always had a little beer along. And I can remember some nights out there, uh, we didn't catch very many fish, but we drank some beer and we had a heck of a good time. (laughs) I know that's one thing that I'm always going to remember is the way we bonded to start off with. So I think bonding is very important. Um, And I know that, I think that relates to some other questions that you had sent me too. But um, then after I moved to Chickasaw County, I hadn't been here very long, and we have we had at that time an old uh, railroad right-of-way that, uh, of course, we had several different landowners along it, and one of them called me one time and wanted to put in a new tile outlet, which, um, of course, I had to go look at the area and things, but uh, I allowed him to dump that into our railroad right-of-way because it wasn't, I didn't think it was going to hurt anything. Well... By doing that, it started causing a little bit of flooding on this other farm ground. So one day I got a call. (laughs) These two older guys wanted to meet me out there, and they just happened to be the adjoining landowners, and they were very upset. So I stood there for a while and got my butt chewed, and uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) we eventually got it all worked out, but that's the one, that's the big incident that I first remember when I came to Chickasaw County because I hadn't been here very long and I didn't know any have any idea who these guys were but I did get to know them pretty well <laughs> later on because they were always complaining about something so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are some of those but yeah there. this, there's a lot of different things and I don't know if I can 
pick out anyone's anything specifically, but um, there's just so many things when you're dealing with just working in county conservation or and working with the general public. Um, I've had some great encounters over the years with different people, and yeah, it's been an awesome career. So, so I want to so. go back to that uh, uh, drinking beer with the with the staff out catfishing. Which, okay. Uh, uh, what would you reckon? So, you know, then you become director and, and you're leading staff. Um, if you were to give advice to uh, current organization leaders or future ones, um, what would be your recommendation for how to build that bond with staff or uh, to just, you know, develop that, develop yourself as a, as a leader and, and, you know, developing that, that high functional team within your department? Right, right. What would be your recommendations? Yeah, well, I think first of all, you kind of have to separate two roles. First of all, they have to know that you're the boss and that sometimes you're going to want things done certain ways and whatever. But I never, ever thought that it was necessary to for me to be a dictator. So I would give people the ideas and then let them decide how to get those things done. I would not tell them they had to do it a certain way. So I thought that was important. I also thought, and I still do think, that even though you're the boss, you have to have relations with your staff people. And I mean, what I mean by that is um, at work once in a while, do things different. Go do things with them that aren't working all the time, but like go out for lunch once in a while or whatever. And then after work, do things occasionally with them too. you know, go sit down somewhere and have a drink or, or whatever. But I think, um, I think being a boss, yeah, some guys won't probably won't relate to this, but I think even though you're a boss, you can still be a friend. So that was always important to me. So yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. There's a lot more to working together than, you know, just dictating the day-to-day workload. You know, we're, we're yep, still yep. people. We, you we bet. work together you and bet. maintain those relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, share some examples of, of leadership you've seen or leadership strategies that you've employed. Uh, possibly yourself uh, in this in this field over your career, so it could be something you or possibly others have done. But um, what I'm getting at is, you know, I want to know in in your eyes, what does it mean to be a conservation leader? Okay, um, I I believe that I guess you need to stay very informed of your local issues as well as statewide issues. Um, Keep your board informed on that stuff and uh, get involved with different groups around your community. For instance, Pheasants Forever, Ducks Unlimited, and things like that. And uh, jumping away from that part of it, I guess, is I know I've seen some very good examples, and I think you're doing a heck of a job with CCDA and whatever, but... um, 
I've seen some good people in CCDA and ISAC in our, you know, with the County Conservation Directors Association that have shown some very good examples. And um, I'm going to go back to some older people. I know that when I first became a director, um, the guy down in uh, Polk County, I believe he was, George Pinnicky, maybe it was Story County. No, I think it was Polk County. So we had to go down there for a one-day training. And um, at this point, you know, that was over 32 years ago. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I was very impressed with um, the list of things he said we should do and the way he presented himself. Um, so I've always, I've never forgotten that day, that meeting. So um, I think the way you present yourself to the public is very important. Um, you don't want to be a smart aleck, um, but if someone wants to know something, you give them the information and and um, go from there. Hopefully they'll use you down the road. But uh, gosh, some other guys, Matt Cosgrove, Dan Cohen, they've, they've all done a heck of a job with, um, with ISAC. So uh, keeping people informed, I think that's all very important. And I hope I maybe I'm jumping around too much, but I'm just oh, throwing right. these things out as the ideas come out. So yeah, no, but absolutely, yeah. and and feel free. Yeah, as far as you know, the uh, keeping informed is very important, and attending um, our statewide meetings, um, directors' meetings, whatever, um, your district meetings. Um, I think you can go to those and. Sometimes you learn more just talking to people outside of the actual meetings than you do during your meeting session. So I think that's very important to go to that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely the true value of conferences and things like yep. that is, is that networking time outside of the actual session. You bet. Session. Yes, sir. yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so kind of along that note, um, in – you know, leading your staff, what, um, well, let's back up to, to getting the staff in the, in the first place. What do you feel are the keys to hiring good employees in the first place? And, and okay. has your approach to the hiring process changed over the years? Yes, it had definitely has changed. Um, and I'll go back to the early years. I used to look at resumes and put a lot of value in them. I figured if they had it on the res resume, it had to be true. So I, when I first started hiring people, especially summer part-time people, I didn't really check into references very much, and I got burned a couple times. So since, you know, I don't remember what year, but as I learned, um, I always, to this day, will call every reference that people put down when they apply for a job. So references are a good thing to do. And I think as you go through the process a few times, you start to see in people whether or not they're going to be a good worker, a good person to have on your staff. You can tell by their attitude, the way they present themselves, um, oh, the way they talk, things like that. You can just tell if they're going to be a good worker or not. So um, definitely the references and, and then uh, 
the experience in your job will help too down the road. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes that just yeah. takes experience to yep. kind of get that feel yep. for, and you know, that, that's an ongoing, ongoing process. Yeah, you bet. Uh, what do you? What is it that makes you or anybody stay somewhere for a long career? You said you've been in this for going on 39 years now. What uh, what yeah. made you stay in this field and in that county? Are you there uh, that county for Chickasaw County for 32 years? What what yeah. made you stay and and as conservation leaders, what what recommendations would you have for us to cultivate within our staff uh, that that willingness to stay? Well. <laughs> there, I don't know. There's probably several things that will go into that. Um, first of all, when I got to Chickasaw County, they, <laughs> our office was a one-room schoolhouse. So uh-huh. it was it was very old, and I knew that I knew immediately something had to change, but. It took me a while, probably two or three years, and I finally presented the idea of putting in or building a new headquarters building for the Nature Center, which eventually evolved into the Twin Ponds Nature Center. But it took me a while to get the Conservation Board convinced that we needed that new building. And once I did, um, we went through that whole process. It still took... 10 years or so to get the money and everything we needed. But now I think we have a very nice office and nature center building. But what that led to when we were trying to raise the funds for this nature center, we realized that a foundation would probably be a good, um, a good thing to have. So we created our friends of Chickasaw County conservation um, back in 95 and that has been a good thing. And I think that is probably the thing that kept me in Chickasaw County is trying to get the program moving forward to where, I mean, I saw what other counties had and I wanted to be, maybe I couldn't have everything they had, but at least get a little closer. So that was my um, driving force after a couple of years um, to get that done. Um, so, uh it, it it's worked it's it's been a good thing and uh man our parks and whatever the use has gone up tremendously over the years and um some of the people i've had to work with the staff and the conservation board have are awesome people so that's been a good thing that kept me here um another thing i guess for some reason when i got here we had 23 areas, about 820 acres, and over time I got this idea, it's like, why can't we own like 2,000 acres? So I always had that goal in the back of my mind. Well, um, luckily the Conservation Board cooperated. Um, I got to know people through the Heritage Foundation and Ducks Unlimited and Pheasants Forever and Isaac Walton Leagues and things like that, different organizations that were into land acquisition. So I've gotten help over the years from all of them. And uh, because the conservation board was willing to go with the land acquisition proposals, um, 
that's another thing that kept me here. Uh, <laughs> and I'll jump back a little bit in a, in a minute here, but mm-hmm. um, we are now sitting at 37 areas with over 21, about 2,140 acres. So I got that personal goal of 2,000 acres, I guess. But another thing that relates to this, um, I've always been a hunter, a trapper, a fisherman, but I started trapping this one chunk of ground that was um, not quite 200 acres and got to know the landowner very well and his family and kind of fell in love with the area. And it's like, man, it'd be kind of neat if, if I can't own this personally, it'd be neat to get this into conservation board ownership. So as time went on, um, the two landowners, the husband and wife got ill and, uh, eventually they set their land aside in a trust and somebody contacted me that that land was for sale. So I jumped on it, um, went to the Heritage Foundation and worked with them and we ended up buying that that area, which was 189 acres. Um, we've added on 98 acres to that since then. So um, it, that was a very important project for me. And those are the kind of things that kept me in Chickasaw County. Because I'll be honest with you, when I first moved here, <clears throat> I really did not plan on staying till I retired. Because I knew it was a small county and I figured I'd want to go to a bigger county someday. But it didn't work out that way, <laughs> and I'm very, right. I'm very happy I stayed here. Things have gone very yeah. well, so. Yeah, obviously. I mean, man, talk about writing your name on the landscape, adding that many <laughs> areas and acres. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yep. So, and we yeah we don't we don't so much we don't own the county doesn't own all of them because we do manage um, two areas that belong to the DNR. We just have management agreements with them. Sure. And so, yeah, but we do have management on all 37 of those areas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, been a That's good awesome. thing. Yeah. Yep. So as the, as the department and the operation grew, did, did you have with your board like a, a, a written strategic plan or a master plan or anything like that? Or did this, were you just kind of, you know, flexible along the way as, as, as these opportunities present themselves, we'll, we'll jump on them. How, how did that, shake out because i know you see kind of across the entire spectrum across county conservation you know some of them are yep. are kind yep. of you know go along and other ones are you know they've got a plan for everything and so where, where did yeah. you guys fall on that and how did that process work <laughs> well when i got here um they did have a you know we were one of the first 13 counties to create a conservation board so mm-hmm. They had a management plan um, that started probably in about 1960. It was supposed to go for 25 years. So I did look through that, and I thought, well, this was a waste of time because, you know, the majority of these things never happened. Some of them did, but the majority of them never did. So I, I had a strong dislike for making you know, more than a couple-year plans. So the way I talked to my conservation board into doing it is um, we would sit down each year and 
during our budget planning and things like that, we would actually make up a, a list of things that we wanted to get done the following year. So, no, we have never had a uh, extended long-range plan. We just kind of do it on an annual basis. And um, I don't know exactly how many years, but the majority of my 32 years have gone that way as far as management of our areas. We just, yeah, mm-hmm. we do an annual planning deal, and that's about as far as we get. I never, mm-hmm. as tight as the money was in our county, I never really wanted to spend the however many thousand dollars it was to hire a professional to <laughs> make the plans for us. So right. that's the way we went. Now, uh-huh. ironically, we do our, one of our newer areas, we did hire a landscape architect um last month to to design a uh management plan for that area so we have we have dealt with both both spectrums i guess but not the long range planning deal i guess i never got into <laughs> and and i think that's that's you know great to do, especially when you've got somebody that that's got some longevity do you know cuz a lot of things take take more than a year and so certainly oh, yeah. on some of the parks you know at least in in your mind you've had to have had somewhat of a of a longer term vision of you know i mean obviously you had the vision of getting up to 2000 acres in the county yep. what right. would your recommendation be for uh other conservation professionals that are either retiring or uh, getting ready to leave their position in, in some capacity to communicate you know, that, that longevity of, of vision, um, you know, the, I guess maybe the operative question is what, have you put anything in place now that, that you're on your way out to, uh, whoever your successor is or the staff that you're leaving behind to continue on with, with where, yeah. where you guys were headed, or are you just going to say, you know, you guys have, have your own ideas and visions. Go ahead and run with that. Yeah. No, um, I actually started, I don't know, two or three months ago when an idea would pop into my head, I'd write it on a list because I'd want to make sure I transferred that to the next guy. So the last couple weeks, um, the guy that is going to take over for me is Chad Humple, who's already on staff here. Um, and so I've been working with him on the way that I've been doing things, um, and show him how to find it, where to find it, and all that stuff. And so I know he's been in Chickasaw County his whole life. I knew he, I know that he's going to do a very, very good job, but I'm showing him the way that I've done things. If he wants to use them, that's fine. If he wants to change that way, the way I do them, which I'm sure he will, um, that's fine too. But <clears throat> all of the ideas that... <clears throat> the conservation board has had and the staff has had over the years. Um, yeah, I have a list of that. So that list will be available to him. And, um, I guess he can choose which direction they want to go with that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I know some, I know we got a couple areas we're working on right now that I know that they're going to keep going forward with what we've been working on in the last well, one, one area we've been developing for 10 years now, and it's turned into our biggest campground. So I know that they'll keep 
putting ideas into that part too. So, um, mm-hmm. kind of a combination of new and old. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, that's exciting. You know, that, that yeah. transition time is, is neat for a organization. And it, it's cool that, you know, you've got somebody from within that'll be able to step up because they've got that institutional knowledge and that background and stuff. Yeah. I think you that, bet. that can sometimes be difficult when they bring somebody in from the outside and, and, uh, you know, cause I've seen, gosh, I mean, some of these counties, they've completely turned over. It seems like, you know, yeah. some of the staff, and I know, counties, and I, you know, they're all new within the last six years or something. And that's, Right, kind of right, and I yeah, I don't know how. To me, I don't know how you keep a program going forward when you when you do that, but it I, it obviously works, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. That's that's the neat thing about our system is that we got you know 99 different systems, but we're all kind of yep. all kind of one, and so yep. Well, and that and that's where those those um, statewide meetings and your associations and things. That's where going to those meetings and trainings and stuff, that's where that helps everybody. Yeah. So I think, definitely. I know some counties don't participate very well, but I think they're important things to go to. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know I sure certainly get a, a lot of benefit out of them. Yep. Yep. So the, the staff that you have there now, are they all fairly tenured? They, they've been there for a while. Um, yeah. The, um, well, Two, there's two out of three besides me, so we have four people counting myself on staff. Um, two of them have been here about 11 years. The other one just started this last May, um, and then when I retire, they will be hiring a new maintenance position. So, um, yeah, you're going to be half and half. We'll have the two guys that are here both. Um, one is, you know, one is definitely a local. The other one just grew up south of here about um, 25 miles, so they're both fairly local people and they know the area very well. The new guys are both, well, the one is, uh, moved in from Clarksville, but he's been in the County for quite a few years. So, um, yeah, they're both, they're people. And I think the new guy, um, if I think, or if I know, <laughs> if I'm right in thinking who it's going to be, uh, is a local also. And, um, although at this time we're still taking applications, so who knows, but, sure. um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be sitting pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. And that's, you know, that I know one of the things that smaller counties do struggle with sometimes is, is keeping people around and, and yep. if you've got some established locals and it's quite likely you're going to have some longevity there. And so on yeah. that note though, when, you know, so thinking back to, to when some of these guys came on and, and joined you, uh, you know, I know it's, you, you get into a new job and, and there's kind of the novelty of the new job, but once somebody's there and established, and this kind of applies to seasonals as well, sometimes, uh, to a little bit lesser degree, once they're there and they, you know, they, they know what's going to happen every year and, and it's, they, they kind of got their feet under them and, and that, that routine sets in, how do you keep it, keep them motivated and, and keep that excitement up within a department and kind of keep that, that morale and that motivation up, you know, cause it's budgets are always tight and the, the pay in this yep. line of work isn't all that great. And, yep. you know, you're, you're dealing sometimes with, with the public, which is, you know, sometimes got its own share of difficulties. 
how do you sure, how do you sure. keep your your staff morale and, and motivation up? Um, you know, especially once okay. they're, once they're established. Yep. Um, the big thing, I think, is getting some variety. Now, our newer people, the lower ranking people, if you want to call them that, come in and they they spend a lot of time on a mower. That's what they do almost every day. So I think it is very important to every once in a while say, hey, leave those things in the shed. We're going to do something different today. Um, So get out, and even if you can't work with them yourself, at least give them the opportunity to do something different. And another thing, um, no matter how well you know the areas, I think it's nice for anyone on the staff to get out by themselves for a day and just go around and look at your different areas and maybe come up with their own ideas. Maybe they'll see something that they want to do in that area that you haven't planned on doing. And um, So I think it's important to keep them involved in the planning part of all your uh, um, activities too. So keeping, even though some people do the same job for almost every day, it's good to throw in a a different job once in a while. Just give them a little variety. So, yeah, I believe that's how we keep them going here. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. No, that's. I, I think that's that's great because it does. It gets kind of redundant, and and you get kind of bored with your day to day stuff. And if you can break that monotony and and go look at things with with fresh eyes, do. Yep. You mentioned you had done a, an annual strategic planning process with your board. Does that include all the staff as well? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Um, and and usually, most of the time, we'll do those meetings in, in one night. Sometimes we'll meet two different nights, but um, they can't always – all the people aren't always at those meetings, but um, whatever we talk about at those meetings we'll get presented to everyone and um so everyone can put in their their ideas too mm-hmm. um so yeah i think <laughs> that's another part of keeping people around i believe is just making sure that they're involved more than just being an employee they get they get to have some say in the way things are done so yeah. that's been important to me for a lot of, a long 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 time yeah yeah, I think that's a critical component of, of employee engagement is, is making sure that, you know, they feel like they can be heard and their ideas are valid and, and stuff yep. like that. And it's all kind of a, a, we're all working on this together and it's not so, so top down. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so what are some uh, stories or a story or a situation from the past where you you thought this was a good idea and you turned out that it wasn't. Um, or I, I know I have some of my own favorite mistakes uh, that I was like, oh, <laughs> whoops. Um, but then in the end, you know, you either learn from it or, or it sets yourself up for, for a, a future success. You, ha- you have any of those? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I looked at all these re- questions before today obviously i couldn't really think of anything a favorite mistake that we made but um i have learned through time that 
you know, you put these projects out for bid and you list the specifications and stuff like that. And for a while, for the, for the first few years, I didn't think you had to pay any attention. Once the contractor was hired, he knew what he was supposed to do. And, and so you could just leave him alone. Well, I learned after a few times that that is not the case. You need to check on them once in a while. So, um, for instance, we the first restroom we put up, it has a concrete floor and concrete block walls. And, well, guess what? We weren't down there watching them pour the concrete. So um, the water is supposed to run to the floor drains, but it doesn't. <laughs> so somehow they didn't get the right slope on it or anything. And, and of course, we weren't there watching, so who knows what happened. But So I think it's... Um, when you bid projects out like that, I think it's a good idea to keep, you know, do it, do it daily or every other day, check on them to make sure things are going the right direction and all that stuff. So that's, uh, <laughs> I guess that's one of the things I would do different if I had to start over again. Yeah, I, I, I can relate. I've, yep. I found myself in that very situation too. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm paying you how much money? Like you should. Yeah you're a professional. Like you should know how to do this. Like yep, I shouldn't exactly. have to babysit you. And yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. That's happened to us a couple of a couple times with uh, concrete floors. It's like, how can it be so hard to make this thing go one direction? It can't be, <laughs> <laughs> but it seems yeah. to happen. Not rocket science people. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, and then we're as, as public entities, we're up against the situation now. And this is just come about in the last, well, it's probably been several years now, but um, we can't, like if we do a, an RFP or, or a bid process, uh, with few exceptions, we essentially can't select based on uh, quality or expected quality or, or past experience. All we can select on is, is just the price of the bid. And oh, really? Yeah. It's, a, it's some, I don't, I can't cite the code right now, but um, uh, yep. the state legislature passed a deal where where if it's a public entity essentially uh you can't select based on you know their resume uh you can really only <laughs> select them based on yeah on their on their well and, and, right and i think we we generally go with the lower bids too but I, and i think whether or not we think it's right i think if we went a different direction based on quality i think my board of supervisors might have a problem with that too i don't know right, right. at this point it's never happened but just the way i know them now i think it, it would probably be a problem with them so yeah i know it makes it tough for sure so yep. on that note you bring up board of supervisors have you had instances in the in the past of your career where you've had to deal with maybe you know non-supportive or antagonistic Board of Supervisors or even Conservation Board members, and how did you navigate that? There's a lot of other. Oh yeah, oh yeah, both. Position. Yep. Um, supervisors that uh, we've had those that did not want to. You know, we propose a budget every year, and they were never willing to raise the budget at all or raise the employee salaries. Um, and there was a while. There were about ten years there where. I had a couple conservation board members that would side with the board of supervisors on everything. Um, 
there was a lot of micromanaging and I wasn't, I was very uncomfortable there for quite a few years uh, because I wasn't being allowed to do the job that I, the way that I thought it should be done. So, um, yeah, it, it can be a problem on both sides. Budgeting is especially is a problem. And, uh, yeah, I've had them on both any, groups. <laughs> any tips for, you know, for other, other county departments find themselves and other directors or conservation leaders find themselves yeah. in that position? What recommendations do you have for them on how to navigate that or how to get past that? I would, yeah, I would just say, um, you know, luckily we have a five, uh, member board of supervisors. So the two that were against us were always a minority, but I think it's very important with, uh, get to know your conservation board chair, get to know your board of supervisors chair and kind of talk with them once in a while, maybe outside of meetings and whatever, just so that they know how you feel about each, each issue. And, um, hopefully they can keep things steered in the right direction, but you're, you're never going to be able to give up the fight. You still, you're always going to have a few people, on your boards or in the community that are against some of your things. So just deal with the people that support you and try to get them to move forward with things and hopefully bring on more support down the road. So, yeah, I've been lucky. I've never had an, someone against me that's been a chair of the conservation board. We did have one on the board of supervisors um, two, two years ago, two and three years ago that was, very hard to work with, but um, work with the people that you know you can work with and let the other guys <laughs> find their own way, I guess. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> what, do you, what do you see as some likely changes that are coming to our industry going forward and, and any recommendations you'd have for current or future professionals in preparing yeah. for those? Well, I I think we all know, whether we like it or not, that a lot of the stuff we have done, um, let's see, how do you want to say that? On paper over the last few years is probably all going to go electronic, even even with some, a lot of our meetings. I, obviously, they're going to go to more virtual or Zoom meetings, whatever. Um, so I think the new people coming in are going to have to be up on their, op, obviously, their computer skills, um, which I think most of them probably are, especially in this day and age when kids are given a cell phone at five years of age and know how to do more by 10 than any adult does. So keep up on the electronics. I think that's the important thing. Um, mm -hmm. The Yeah, the Internet and all that good stuff. So yeah. I think that's the biggest change that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just look how much has changed just in the last few years or several, I guess, yep. with the, you know, the online yep. camping reservations and all that kind of stuff. You know, oh yeah. That, that no my, doubt. my county parks website consumes an awful lot of, of, uh, our bandwidth, you know, growing oh, that thing and adapting that to what we need it to be. Yeah. Yep. And I, I still, myself, I'm sure there are things on that my county parks website that I have, not done anything with. I don't have any idea how to do them. So I think, um, 
I'm going to emphasize that with the guy coming behind me to keep up on that stuff a little more probably. And, because um, mm-hmm. there's some important things there, obviously, but you got to know how to get to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know I yeah. haven't well, used, I, ha- I haven't used it as much as I should have, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, and I haven't either. I, I got a guy here in my office that handles all of that. I, I tell oh. my staff and my board, if, if he ever, uh, gets hit by a bus or can't come to work, I'm just going to shut everything down because <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to come to a screeching halt. Yep. Yep. I know it. <laughs> so yeah. looking back over, over a long career, if, if today's you could have a conversation with you from earlier in your career, uh, what advice would you give? Okay. Um, well, I think that people are starting to realize that conservation is very important um, at this time. And I hope I know. I hope I'm going at this the right way. But anyway, at this time, I think water quality is a hot topic. So do what you can to get involved with water quality issues. Um, we have organizations in the state of Iowa that are very adamant about getting some of this stuff done, so get involved with them. The um, Iowa Environmental Council, the Heritage Foundation, the DNR, there's there's all kinds of places you can go to get information and to help people. Um, and we, we have to realize that things are going to change even more down the road here, so we can't keep doing things the way we've been doing them. Um, and I shouldn't have started on water quality because uh, that's always been a hot topic of mine because some of the things I see going on out there is like, you know, why are people still doing that? Obviously, we've got the dead zone down in the Gulf. We're trying to get that, you know, working on stuff like that. Um, we need to find a way to reverse climate change if that's possible. And, um, I just, at this point, I don't think people are working hard enough on it, so we need more, we need to get more people involved with that somehow, and I don't, I don't know how. <laughs> so, um, otherwise, we're going to destroy our planet someday, the way I see it. And maybe that's God's plan, but maybe we should try to fight that a little. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So I, I, don't know, I hear did that. I, did and, I answer that very well? <laughs> yeah, no. I, so, so what I'm hearing there is, is you know, kind of that whole, uh, you know, think globally, act locally type thing, where yep. we 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 need to be not just thinking about the issues that are much bigger than us, but being active in in addressing them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I I like yep, that, and I, and I agree because. We really are the front line in, in being able to do that and and being the cheerleaders for that, for those issues as well. Yes. You bet. You bet. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll start winding this down here. Um, any any books, publications, or, or trainings that you found to be highly valuable or that you'd recommend to current conservation professionals or leaders? Yeah. Um, 
And I've mentioned a little bit of this before, but I think it's important to um, stay involved with your district meetings, your statewide meetings, um, join your organizations. If you're a director, get involved with the Directors Association, um, get involved with ISAC, because <clears throat> you'll learn a lot just talking to other directors or other people that have the similar job as you. Um, and then one of, I don't have any book recommendations because I mainly read uh, dramas and novels, things like that. So, <laughs> But anyway, um, there are some podcasts out there that I think are very good. Um, oh, yeah. Talking about management ideas and, uh, oh, you know, ways to, um, God darn, I can't think of the word I want, but anyway. One of the guys that I was that's very enjoyable to listen to is called Darren Hardy, and you can, if you Google it, um, Google his name, you'll you'll find out some of several of his talks and podcasts and stuff are are out there. So listen to him, listen to people like that because there's a lot of good ones out there, and um, they're going to motivate you. They're going to give you ideas, um, and that'll yeah, that'll keep you excited about your job. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I, uh, I I'm an avid consumer of podcasts, and yep. uh, almost always have one going in the car. I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks too, um, and and not just you know nonfiction. I, I do a lot of novels myself. Who are your favorite yeah. authors? Yep, yep. Oh, who are mine? Um, yeah. Right now, uh, C.J. Box. Um, yes. Yep. I love his stories, and yep, yep. yep. And then um, a while back, I started reading Nevada Bar, and uh-huh. she writes. Yeah, she writes about a gal who's, her, whose name is Anna Pigeon. She starts out as a um, conservation officer out in. Uh, I think the first one I read, she was in. I believe it was Wyoming, but she's moved all over the United States now, and those are very interesting stories. So, yeah, Nevada Bar and yeah. CJ Box. <laughs> yep. Oh man, that's right. Yep, same here. Those, those would be my <laughs> top ones. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, just just last couple here. Uh, if if we as conservation leaders could focus on just one thing to move our industry or our respective missions forward, what would you recommend that be? And maybe you've already stated it, but what do you yeah, think? I kind of did talking about the the water quality and the climate change. Um, like I said, I don't have a good answer for how we get these things reversed, but um, we need to get involved with that and um, do what we can locally to keep your local community informed. Get Maybe you can get some of them motivated to get more involved, but <clears throat> I just, with all the things we know about, especially water quality, the things we need to do and I see all this tile, all these parking lots get keep getting put in. It's like, come on, let's stop this and start setting some of this stuff aside and get some wetlands and, and you know, buffers and things like that out there. So, I And I think people are getting better, but like I said, we got a long ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I agree. And, and that's kind of my motivation for doing this or eventually putting, if I do finally get this 
podcast put together and publish these episodes is that, you know, I really think it's incumbent upon us as conservation leaders and conservation professionals to be the advocates uh, for that kind yep. of stuff. And sure. especially us in county conservation, because we have that local connection, you know, more, more so than any conservation professionals out there, we are that local connection. And that, that's the yep. unique thing about county conservation. One of the things I love so much about it, but it's, it also puts us in a very unique situation to to be able to to be the best advocates, and so I, I think that's absolutely spot on. Um, yes, yeah, you're right. But love hearing that. So yep. Well, with with that, I think that's a good one to to end on. Any anything we haven't talked about that uh, that that you wanted to to squeeze in before we wrap up? Um, nothing specific. I just um wanted. Tell everyone, um, get involved, stay positive, um, keep moving forward. Because even though we may not be the highest paid professionals, I think we are some of the most important. So move her forward. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, nope, I, I agree 100%. And uh, that's, that's a great sentiment to end on. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, been some great insights and, and, uh, wish you all the best in your next endeavor, moving into retirement and, uh, going out and spending some time with family and getting all those projects knocked off the list that have been pending for so long. So yeah. Again, all right. Chris. Thanks so yeah, much. Thank you too. And, and you take care. Good. Okay. Good all luck. Right. Yep. All Talk right. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. One last thing before you go. If you have gotten any benefit out of listening to this podcast, uh, if you've learned anything or gleaned any information that you think will help you out in your job, in your career, in your daily life, uh, or just some interesting nuggets along the way that uh, you found entertaining or enjoyed listening to in any way, uh, please share it. That's the whole reason I started this, is to share this information with the world, uh, with those of us in the world of conservation and parks, and uh, I need your help. I need your help spreading that around, getting that out to the masses. And so, if you can, tell a friend or colleague about this show, about this podcast, or uh, of course, since we're all products of algorithms these days, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to because that will help help the podcast climb up the ranks and, and be uh, more noticeable to those that are looking for uh, podcasts related to conservation and parks. So please share this around if you can and uh, tune in next time and keep listening. Thanks for joining me and we'll talk to you again soon.